produced by Podcast Architects. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, any animals that may be listening, thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Get Better at Business. I'm Travis Richards. I am sitting here today with Jake Robinson. What is the weirdest thing that has happened to you so far this week? Cool. Uh, I would say, uh, you know, I get the honor and privilege of running a theme park. Uh, and so I have uh, been educated in the world of kid birthday parties. Uh, and so some of the requests we get, the demands uh, sometimes uh, that we get, uh, you know, things like, hey, can you make sure the pizza is not cut in 10 slices, but 12 slices? Uh, uh, so I'm learning uh, my skills, honing my skills at customer service and delivering a good product. Uh, and so every week I open up emails uh, to no telling what I'm going to get. But uh, we, we learn every day. Well, it's just, you know, it's you, know, you never know what you're going to run to as an entrepreneur. My most surprising thing this week, I was on my way out of the office and there is a freaking snake in the corner of my office, like in my office. Like, I mean, just, you know, no, absolutely not. I mean, and it was just like a little, I'm just a wimp, you know, it's like this little tiny, like rat snake or something like that. You know I mean? Not even a rat snake. Like this thing is not big enough to eat rats. It was, you know, eating, you know, crickets or something probably. But I get, it's, I get a broom and urge him out the door. And then I'm like a mile down the road and my phone in my pocket buzzes. And I just about ran my car off the road because I was still so jumpy. From the end so, you know, Listen, uh, you're better than me, man. I'll be honest with you. One, uh, to even do a broom, uh, I would have either, uh, we're just going full shovel. I don't care how big the thing is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then two would have sold the office and moved. So yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, that would have been the end of that. <laughs> well, you know, I can, I can, I can do it, about it, anything in this world except for snakes. Uh, I well, you know, like rats, every, whatever it is, what it is, but, uh, snakes, no, thank you. Everybody's got their things and, you know, snakes and I, you know, like I, I'm not a big snake fan, but you know, I, I do have a, I have a catch and release policy with spiders and, uh, you know, and snakes or whatever. It was just, if, if I feel like it would have been a lot more hassle to try to kill it than it would have to just nudge it out the door. Just get it out. There you go. Yeah. There you, there, you know, there you have it. Well, so, if I hear, if I hear you screaming in a minute, I'll just know it's returned. Uh, that's right. Yeah. And so if I just start jumping out of nowhere, it's because exactly. I have feared that the snake has returned for its that's right. revenge. Until, that's right. Uh, so Jacobs, you know, so you got a couple of companies, which is always an interesting thing because in, and so there are a lot of people that I know that would tell you, you should stay focused. You should do this one thing. And so you had a good thing going with one stone, which in, in, whenever you can tell these stories, or whatever, give us a little overview of what, what each of them are. But you had a good thing going, I think, one stone. And then something possessed you to start in, uh, basically an amusement park. And so why discard the advice of so many wise people who would tell you, stay focused, do your thing, have your one, have your one deal, it's even right there in the name, one stone. And so like, why branch out into the other thing? Tell, fascinated to hear why on earth you would do something like this. Yeah, no, uh, <clears throat> it's a question I ask myself every day, right? Um, and, and my wife asks it multiple times a day. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I, it, it's it, all jokes aside, it's an interesting question. Uh, I actually wrestle with it a lot. I was ironically talking to a guy this morning about that very thing. 
uh, and, and learning more about myself, right? I think I've accidentally discovered a lot about myself. And I, and I talk about this to encourage entrepreneurs, but really to encourage really anybody. You know, one, my fear is there's a lot of bent uh, in today's society. Of, hey, everybody should go be an entrepreneur. Work for yourself. Don't work for the man. Blah, 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 blah. Man, I, I, I couldn't disagree with that more. Uh, I think I think certain people are cut out to do certain things. And and uh, I think the good Lord created us to, to do specific things. Uh, my, my dad, my dad ran uh, large healthcare systems his entire career. So by definition, he worked for the man, did very well working for the man. Uh, and, and I'm, I'm uh, thankful uh, for the people that worked alongside him. So, uh, I think that's, that's one aspect of it. I stumbled into entrepreneurship, uh, by, by force, uh, would be the way I say it. Uh, I was very blessed, uh, to, to get to know an individual. I coached his son in little league baseball. So it's a lesson in life. Always take the opportunities in front of you when they don't make sense. Uh, and so when a first grade boys baseball team at our church needed a coach, I was not married yet and had no kids. And I said, you know what, what the heck, I can't screw it up that bad. So let's just be a coach. And, uh, I didn't know I'd meet a guy named Mark Toon. I coached his son, Hudson, who's still probably one of the best players I've ever coached uh, to this day, uh, even in first grade. Um, and he and I just developed a relationship, friendship, mentorship, whatever you want to call it. A very successful career, uh, software and technology, <clears throat> and just trying to figure out what he wanted to do with kind of what he called the second half of his life, right? I mean, there's a book, Halftime, uh, that I forget who wrote, but it's kind of said, you know, what are you going to do with the second half of your life? And it's really geared towards giving back to the next generation. And so he took me to lunch one day, said, hey, listen, <clears throat> I've got an idea. I've been blessed. Uh, I would like to invest in younger entrepreneurs to start companies. And, I, and and that way they get their MBA really kind of through the school of hard knocks. And he's like, so uh, let me know what, what you would like to do. And I was like, well, listen, I don't want to do anything. Uh, I've got a good job. I don't want to go start a business. I'm, I'm about to have my first, uh, Wilson, I'm about to have our first son or first kid. Uh, I just figured out this. I was selling insurance at the time. I just figured this thing out, just cracked the code, feel like I have my feet underneath me. I've been doing it for a little over a year. I'm good, but thanks though. And so he said, well, I'll tell you what, <clears throat> just at least come up with some ideas for me and then I'll go find some people. Okay, fine. I'll think of some ideas for you. So thought of this idea in the uh, cleaning space, more geared towards construction cleaning, working for large general contractors. Uh, and I said, hey, listen, uh, I think you can make money in this space. Uh, good luck. And he said, great. When do you want to start? And I was like, again, you are not listening. Uh, I am not doing this. And he said, well, I'll tell you what, just go talk to Melissa about it tonight. I said, great. Uh, and as any good husband knows, uh, the best way to get yourself out of it is make your wife the bad person. Uh, and so my wife is a CPA uh, by nature, risk adverse, highly intelligent individual. I knew she would say no uh, to this crazy harebrained idea of go starting a company. So we went to dinner that night and I said, hey, listen, Mark's got a crazy idea. He thinks I should go start this company. Uh, and she said, hey, what's the worst that could happen? And I was like, that was not what you were supposed to say. Uh, and so uh, my son was born on May 26, 2015. We started One Stone Solutions on June 1st, 2015. So I spent those first few weeks working out of our uh, closet in my bedroom so that customers did not hear him crying in the other room, uh, acting like I was at the office. Uh, and, and we've been blessed. And, and so, uh, we ran the, uh, we've been running that company for seven years now. We have over 350 employees, multiple cities. Uh, we have a great, uh, team, great sales team, great, uh, supervisor team, managerial team, and we're, and we're blessed. Um, but along the way to answer your question, why did I deviate and go start something else and then start something else? I, you know, I, I think I've I learned about myself. Uh, I enjoy starting 
things. Uh, and it's not that I, it's not that we can't finish things. This is what I've been wrestling with. And, and so if you're out there listening and you got any great wisdom or you Travis, you got any great wisdom, uh, we can just turn this into a therapy session. But, uh, you know, I've learned that, Hey, there, there's a, there's a skill set of taking something from zero to one. And then knowing that, Hey, listen, I really, that, that kind of peaks and maxes my leadership and entrepreneurial ability. What I can then go do is find the person that can go from two to 10. Uh, and I can get on board with you and I can help grow it. I can help uh, execute it. I'm not good at getting into the organizational flow charts, the, the meetings and, and that kind of stuff. I love going from, hey, I've got a crazy idea to getting the doors open. And then I'm going, OK, what's next? And so I've, I've, I've learned to attach myself to individuals that excel where I start to fall off. And, and so I've learned to say, hey, listen, I'm, I, can, I can come up with ideas. I can get the right people in the room. Uh, I can, I can, fortunately, I, I, so far we can raise the money and we can work our tails off to get something open. And then I need to hand it to you because you're much better at executing and, and learning just to be comfortable with who I am and how, and how the Lord's created me. And so that's how, um, that's how I've, uh, ignored that advice, uh, is saying, and, and believing in this crazy notion that I've invented of, <laughs> maybe I'm good at passing along, but we've seen that I, we started a real estate company, but one of my best friends, we started a real estate company during COVID and, and I have said, Hey, listen, here's this idea. Uh, here's the formation of it. Here's the people that need to put it together. Y'all go execute it. And, and, uh, not that I say, Hey, listen, just send me a check on a big payday. Um, you know, we, we still work in it, but other people are calling the shots. And so, uh, we still have one stone solutions. Uh, I'm still the president of one stone. Uh, I'm the founder of dig world, which is a construction theme park where kids get to operate, kids and adults get to operate real construction equipment. And then we've got a real estate company, Dryport capital. And, uh, so, uh, my worst fear has come true, uh, by definition, I'm a serial entrepreneur. Uh, and so I'm learning. To come to terms, what is the first steps admitting you had a problem? And so that's yeah, where I'm yeah, at. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's it's interesting because, you know, my my personal entrepreneurial journey was very different. You know, like I, I always admire friends of mine that are entrepreneurs because a lot of them are also founders and started it from zero sales, you know, took it from nothing. And, you know, I, I, I bought a business that already existed and, you know, where I had already been working and took it over. And, you know, I always tell it's interesting you, whenever you said you're like a zero to one guy, it's like, I always, have, as I have gone to grown to know myself a little bit better, I recognize it's like, you know, Hey, I'm kind of more of like a one to 10. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, taking it from the very beginning or whatever, that's just not really, you know, that's not my jam. And so I think that, you know, I mean, you said somebody else needs wisdom. It sounds like you, it sounds like you kind of got a pretty good handle on it and that there's like, know thyself, right? You know, and so just understanding what your strengths are and how you can leverage those. So I, this is, and so here's an interesting question where you're, you mentioned that, you know, early on in the conversation that this isn't for everybody. And it kind of like entrepreneurship has this sort of glorification to it of like, oh yeah, you know, go out and start your own thing. And, but, you know, what is, everything stinks a little bit. Right. Like nothing is all sunshine and rainbows all the time. And I think that whether you can be successful in anything depends on like, you know, you know, can you stomach this particular flavor of turd sandwich? Right. I mean, is that there's everything is bad sometimes. So what is that thing about entrepreneurship and especially taking these things from zero to one? What is that thing that you don't love about it? 
that's really hard and really challenging, but you have found that it's like, Hey, you know, I, I'm, I'm willing to embrace, I'm willing to embrace the suck in this particular aspect of starting a business. Yeah. Yeah. No, man. Oh, great question. I, you know, eh, there, there's a lot of beauty in the suck, right? Like I, 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 mm -hmm. I think, I, I think that's probably my problem, right? Is I'm probably addicted to that, that phase um, mm. um, <laughs> in a, in a very weird way. I think I'm addicted to like this idea of like, man, I want people to think I'm a little crazy, I guess, uh, which, you know, I, it was probably some other uh, issues going on there, but um, you know, I, I, I tell people all the time, I think the winners in entrepreneurship really in business, uh, even as a whole, I don't care if you're running a fortune 500 company. Uh, it's, it's, it's not the people that ride the highs or ride the lows. It's the, it's the people that just stay right here in the middle, right? It, it depends like, Hey, a win's a win. We're going to celebrate it, but we're not getting, we're not getting too big for our britches. And Hey, listen, lows are going to come and they may be low for a while, but Hey, we're not going to get down in the dumps about it. We're just going to say, Hey, we know what we're doing. We've got a good product. We've got a good system in place. We may need to make some tweaks, but we're going to ride the wave right here. I'm convinced those are the individuals that win in this game called business. Uh, and, and so my job as typically the visionary, the founder, whatever the role we see myself in, is saying, hey, how can I be this guy that maintains and keeps the team focused right here on this level playing field? Um, and a lot of times that's just me and myself, right? It's just me and my thoughts. It's me uh, talking with my wife. It's me um, uh, trying to encourage and stay motivated and say, hey, no, this is a good idea. Uh, it will work. I mean, hey, listen, Dig World, it took us four years to raise the money. I thought it was going to take us six months. I told, I told people it would take me six months. It took me four years. It took me 250 meetings of investors telling me no before we got 33 yeses, before my business partner and I did. 250 and, and, and COVID, throw COVID in there. Uh, so, the, you know, we really were the crazy people of like, hey, let's build a theme park uh, and put people all around each other. Uh, you know, and so, uh, but but really, the, so so for me, what is that that dirt sandwich? That dirt sandwich is, fighting the good fight of of telling this visionary story that I've got in my head and and people not catching on the first time and and walking away and going oh man that doesn't mean it's a bad idea that doesn't mean it's never going to work that just means maybe they weren't the right person to hear it now there's also a fine line of hearing feedback and advice right and and so you have to say hey listen was that a good thought why why did they say that what was their pushback and sometimes it's valid right sometimes you need to tweak the pitch or you need to tweak the returns or whatever you're thinking. And some people have good ideas. You're like, I did not see that coming at all. It was a great idea. But some people um, uh, just want to be Debbie Downers for the sake of being a Debbie Downer, right? Some people just uh, have a hard time catching vision and, and that, that is what it is. And so uh, keeping the naysayers at a distance uh, is something that I talk about often. Um, and, and keeping that circle around you of people that can pu push you and support you. So those dirt sandwiches are when I walk away, and people want to get down. They just want to go through the financial models only. Uh, I'm not a financial guru. And so I'm like, no, meet me back up here. Let's talk about the fun. Let's talk about the memories we're going to make and the smiles we're going to create. Uh, let's not talk about that 22% IRR that you're worried about in four years. Because I honestly, I get all confused thinking about it anyway. So um, so those that's some of it. But but then, too, it's it's just it's the mundane, right? It's, it's setting up this legal entity to make sure I do the get this stuff to the CPA. Those are things I'm not great at. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm very blessed that we've got the right team we can pull in now. We've got kind of a system. Um, but it's really that kind of stuff. Well, and you know, also, especially if you're starting out, it's kind of like, in that zero to one phase, you can't, 
you can't lean on other people because there's nobody else there. It's like, that's kind of the definition of being at zero. And, you know, I, one of the great, one of the things that I've recognized as a strength for me is like recognizing when I need to fire myself from something, but, you know, but, but, but early on, it's like, dude, you don't, it's, it's one thing to make that decision of like, Hey, I need to fire myself whenever you're running a company that is profitable and has, you know, good cash flow and you can afford to do that. It's a different thing where it's like, look, man, you know, the sales have got to come from somewhere. And what if, you know, if, if you're not a salesman, it's like, well, you know, there's no, sorry, dude, there's nobody I, else here. Right. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's that, it's that commercial so, where the guy, uh, the phone rings and he says, yeah, let me transfer you to the marketing department. And he puts it on hold and the like answers again. He's like, yeah, it's marketing department. Uh-huh. Right. Like that, like that's it. Everybody yep. has to do it. Uh, but when you, when you, when you know, you need to fire yourself. I, I sent uh, a pitch deck to a guy a couple of weeks ago and I said, listen, the deck's not going to be great. I don't do that stuff very well. So I don't, I don't even give me that as a feedback, just fix it. Uh, and let's move on. Cause I'm, I'm terrible at it. Uh, so right. I acknowledge that I'm not good at it, but I also acknowledge that somebody needed to do it to get it going. Yeah. Well, so, you know, the, you ever have any bad ideas? Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so, so you know, yeah, so it, yeah. I, 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 listen, admire listen, I, the, I, I say it statistically is like this. My wife and I, we go on walks most evenings with our kids, uh, and mm-hmm. more times than not, I'm spitting off some other idea. Uh, we've been married 10 years. I've started three companies, so we've gone on a lot of walks. Mm-hmm. That'll tell you how many bad ideas yeah. uh, that, that that I've had. Well, did you get any that did you get any that made it past that initial filter of your wife, where you were like, kind of where you thought that it was a good idea, and then whenever you took it out into the marketplace, it wasn't one of these situations where, you know, hey, we just need to tweak it. This is it's still a good idea. We still just need to find the right person. But you took it to the market and you came back and you're like, dude, I guess it was a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. There's there's an idea that I've been kicking around for the last six years that. Um, it's going to fall in one of two categories. It will be a dumb idea and that will continue to prove true or it's just the not, it's just not the right time. Um, and it's not that I have some like revolutionary, like groundbreaking, you know, thing, whatever it is. Uh, I, it's more of either my mental space and people like they can't, they don't like, they're not hearing it enough for me. I haven't developed the idea enough. Like I've got it up here in my head, but I can't get it out here. Uh, and so that just may be a me thing. That may be a timing thing or the idea will continue to prove to not be a good idea. And I'll just, every now and then I kind of pull it out of the, the shelf and I kind of float it back out there. It kind of gets a couple things going and then it, it just kind of peters off again. So I've got those all the time. Well, I love that, man. Is that it's just like, Hey man, maybe it's not. No, it's just not now. You yeah. Know? And, yeah. And you think yeah. one of my, you know, my, my younger brother used to talk about this all the time is that. He's like, you know, if I could go back and, you know, it's like, you know, if I could go back in time and do these things, I'm sure that he would do things like, you know, prevent tragedies and, you know, all that kind of stuff or whatever. But for the sake of this argument, he says, it's like, I would go back and invent wheeled luggage like in 1960. And it's like, here's the deal though, is that kind of to that point is like, dude, there was somebody that was out there that was floating this idea of, dude, you don't have to carry your bag. You could just put it on wheels and drag it behind you and every, you know, there's probably yeah. some dude that was out pitching, whatever that looked like back in the, you know, in the 50s and he was just crazy. And he was a nut. He was a total yeah. nut. And it wasn't, yeah. you know, it wasn't a bad idea. It was just like, hey, look, man, you're just a decade or two too early. That's it. And well, I, and I think I think, I, I think I, your 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 brother's exactly right. And I was listening to this podcast the other day. You know, one, I love the story. I mean, forget forget their financial uh, right now. I'm a, I'm a subscriber of it, but Peloton. Uh, I know they're they're kind of tanking right now, but. Um, 
<clears throat> if you listen, their their guy, he went through, I think the average was three years, three meetings a day before he heard his first yes on investors. That guy still got it across the finish line. Back it up a few years, the, the guy that uh, d- uh, developed Noom, you know, the weight loss program, his first invention was actually a, a, a workout bike that you had in your house that was streamed workout to you and couldn't get any traction on it. It was the craziest idea ever. Everybody told him he was stupid. Uh, nobody's ever going to put that in their house. Nobody wants to work out from home, all this kind of stuff. And so it just, they built a prototype and then it just tanked and he shut it down. Dumbest idea ever. Insert this, the Peloton guy. And then now he's off to the races. Right. And so it's just, yeah. it was the right idea. Just not the right time. It's just, you know, and that's the, I think that's a, I think that that is a good mindset to have where it's just like, Hey, is it not the right, you know, is, is the market ready for it? You know, is the, you know, am, am I, you know, and, and then I guess here's another question too, is that it's like, you know, have you ever had an idea where it's like, it's not like it wasn't the right time from the market's perspective, but it wasn't the right time for you where it was like, Hey, this is a good idea. And I think the market would work, but it's like, Hey, you know, the skill set that someone is going to need to get this out and to actually make this turn into reality. It's like, I don't have that yet. Yep. It's like, yeah. Have you ever had any of those where yeah. you're just like, uh, again, I think I'm sitting in it right now with a, a buddy that called me before I, I, I joined you. <clears throat> We've got two ideas that we love. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and we both, I think are both probably nervous to admit, like, I just, I just can't do it right now. Like I, I we know it work. Uh, we know it's a great idea. We're again, not reinventing the wheel. Uh, but it's just one of those things where I'm like, I, you know, I, I can't do it. I'm running, a, I'm trying to run a theme park and help with a cleaning business, and a real estate company get going. I've got two kids, uh, you know, and, and it's one of those things where I'm like, it's going to work just not right now. And that's really frustrating, right? Cause the skill set currently is time, right? It's not even like, yeah, we could go do it. It's time. And, and again, it's not that I'm just so busy that I have no time to do whatever. I, that's one of my pet peeves when people tell me they're too busy. You're not that busy. It's more of, can you like, how, what are you going to have to cut off in your life? to go do that, right? Like I'm going to have to say no to something to say yes to something. And, and I just, at this point, these, those things that I just listed at this point, I'm not willing to say no to any of those to go do this. Yes. Right now is how I would look at yeah. it. Yeah. So it's got, you know, like, you know, you've obviously we talked about the companies a little bit and, you know, you also mentioned that you've got a family and you, you know, presumably some other interests outside of that, but, you know, do you have something that it's, it's something like, I guess, here's my question. From the outside, somebody's just like, all right, man, it's like, you've got this cleaning company and then you've got this amusement park with construction equipment. And on the surface, it looks like you're doing two completely different things where it just like, it seems like this guy's all over the map. Do you see it that way? Or do you see something where it's like, no, actually there is this unifying principle where these seemingly disparate things this company, that company, these new ideas that I'm exploring, my family life, my, you know, service life, my hobbies, you know, like whatever that is. Do you find that there is a unifying principle where you're like, no, man, it's like from the inside, these are all contributing to one another. Dude, man, I, I didn't realize today was going to be a therapy session. I like this. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> this is good. No, because because you've tapped in, like you tapped in, and I think this is always important. Every entrepreneur has a lot of fears, right? Everybody has fears, uh, but I think a lot of people think entrepreneurs are these, just like we're going to crush through thirty walls today. 
listen, if you find that person that is not replaying fears in their mind constantly, you probably shouldn't work with this person because they're just, they're probably crazy. Uh, or they're, or they're not realistic. Uh, one, one of the, or, or they're not, or, or they have no self-awareness, you know, or and, zero self-awareness. And, right. Yeah. And so, uh, I, I look at it this way. One of my fears is that when I sit down with people, they go, Oh man, there comes Jacob. No telling what crazy idea he's going to shoot off into today. And, and here's the deal. Yes. Uh, they are all over the place. The reason that the three things started are all very specific stories. But but the underlying the the commonality down the middle of it all is is everything that we're doing between the three companies is we're serving somebody. Where as long as I can be in a service based customer interaction business, that's what I love. Uh, if if somebody came to me genuinely today, I was like, hey, let's invent this technology company. I'd actually have to think long and hard about it because it doesn't it doesn't wake me up in the morning and get me fired up. What I want to go do is figure out how we can serve people. Uh, and that, I know that's cheesy. I know it's cliche, but I, the hospitality umbrella. Right. That's what I love to be like. If I could own a bunch of hotels one day and just walk around and listen to where people are from, hear your story, hear why you came to this property. That's what I want to do. So in cleaning, can we solve a problem? Yeah, we can solve a problem. Listen, we're not reinventing the wheel. We're cleaning buildings. But what I get to do in that business is, is I tell our sales guys this all the time. Every time you sell an account. Yes, I want you to calculate your commission because that's important. Then I want you to calculate how many jobs you just created for a family. And then that's a, that is a life-changing thing for individuals. And that's what we get to do. We get to serve those people and, and, and while doing a service. The theme park. The greatest thing for me tomorrow when I go work at the theme park is I work the front gate. The reason I want to work the front gate is I want to welcome everybody to it. I want to know how you got here. I want to know what you're fired up to do. And I want to go help you execute that. That, that, gets, that brings me joy. To say, hey, listen, uh, it's a tough business, customer service. Because listen, tomorrow I'm going to hear a bunch of complaints. I know it already. Uh, anything from my favorite one. This is my favorite one. Hey, it's really hot outside. Yes, I know. I'm working on it. Uh, you know, uh, I'm going to get complaints all across the board. But I'm also going to get to watch kids live out dreams and parents uh, have a good time with their kids and grandparents have great times with their grandkids. Uh, and so that's what fires me up. Our real estate venture, we get to provide a service to an underserved market in the in the 18 wheeler industry that that puts these guys back in the forefront of saying, hey, what do you need? You need this. We're going to deliver this product for you and we're going to serve you. We're going to be here for you. We're going to help take care of you. Uh, and and that's that's the, the theme down the middle. If I can be a part of a business that serves somebody and a customer and I can actually interact with that customer. I'm way more prone to be in that business than I am something else. There's nothing wrong with those other businesses. Frankly, you probably no, not at all. Money in those other businesses, but but uh, I enjoy that battle every day of like, hey, listen, can we deliver a product that's going to change somebody's day, maybe even life? What is the? Just, I mean, I'm sure that you got a lot, but as you reflect back on some of the times where you have made a difference, and like. What stands out to you as this, you know, specific example of like, if someone were questioning you, it's like, Hey, why are you in which and pick whichever one you like? Yeah. It's like, why are you in this business? Like, what's that one thing that you say, dude, that's it. This, yeah. this, yeah. this dude, this gal, this smile, just let, let, let me hear your yeah. favorite. That's what, that's oh man, I get, <clears throat> I get chill bumps thinking about it already. That's an easy answer. Uh, so when we created the theme park, so my, the reason the theme park was created is my son. 
Uh, I have a seven-year-old son named Pierce. Pierce was born healthy with no issues. Uh, at two years old, he contracted bacterial meningitis overnight. We woke him up unconscious in his crib, uh, rushed him to the hospital. What we would have later learned is he should have died on the way to the hospital. He was in a <clears throat> medically induced coma for 12 days. They didn't know that be, they would be able to get him out of his coma. He came out of his coma. We were in the hospital 75 days total. And when we left, he left with significant brain damage. Uh, Pierce no longer talks. Uh, he's deaf in both ears. Uh, he is in a wheelchair. Uh, he has about 200 seizures a day uh, in the mental capacity of a one to two year old. Uh, and, and so uh, our world got turned upside down quite literally overnight uh, to where I have a special needs son that'll live with me the rest of his life. And, and that's my uh, one of my greatest honors in life. Uh, it's also one of my greatest challenges in life. Uh, and so when we created the theme park, I created it with individuals like him in mind. I wanted to create experiences for everybody. And so our theme park is for everybody. But one of the things that I said we were going to do, and I was excited that we delivered on it last month, we're about to deliver on it again next week, is we created special needs night. And the, the premise behind it was that I would go out and raise money so for somebody to underwrite the evening, pay for everybody to come. Because what I wanted was if you have a special needs kid in your family, I want your entire family to come. Because, yes, I want to take care of those special needs kids. I love them. They're near and dear to my heart. But it's the siblings that sometimes get forgotten. Uh, because they don't get to necessarily go do things because of brother uh, or sister, right? I, Annie, I have a two-year-old daughter. Annie does not get to do some things because Pierce can't go do some things. And that's just life, right? And and um, I think Annie will be better for it one day, but at the end of the day, she's a kid, right? And and it's hard to rationalize that at two years old and, and seven years old or whatever it may be. So we, we sent out this email. We didn't know the response we would get. We said, hey, listen, if you got any special needs kid, come and their siblings get to come for free. Within three hours, we had over 500 people sign up for the event uh and we sold out so we just announced this next one and and where i get i i manage all the emails that come in for people reserving tickets and the emails and the paragraphs that i get of hey our family's never been able to do something like this uh our family couldn't financially afford to be able to do something like this um and their siblings don't get to do things like this and a night that focuses on them that's why we do what we do that's why i will deal with every complaint you want to throw at me that's why I will fight the good fight and I'll sell field trips, birthdays and events and whatever it is so that we can have nights like that. Uh, so those memories, those kids that get to come, <clears throat> the, that's getting to do what my dad and I refer to as sacred work. Right. We get to do sacred work. And, and um, it's it's uh, humbling. It's awesome. Brings me tears. Uh, and it's the reason one of the many reasons I get out of bed in the morning. And so. That's that's the really the story of how the park came to be is is through Pierce, but how we're living a, a leaving a legacy uh, through our special needs nights is one of the many ways uh, that I think we're helping change lives. Wow, I am not often speechless, man. Well, that is that is incredible. That's really incredible, and so. I guess like we were talking earlier about how, you know, entrepreneurship is kind of glorified as this thing, you know, and it's, you know, become kind of a popular thing that people wanting to be an entrepreneur. The, I guess, you know, my, my, what, what I'm going to take away from this conversation and, you know, I, I'd like to hear your, your thoughts on this is that, you know, we get to be, we get to be creators and being an entrepreneur allows you to, create kind of in a different way than you do in just, you know, your own personal life. Like, you know, the power of business, I guess, kind of allows you 
this opportunity to create and just thinking about hearing that story, just recognizing how powerful that is and how sacred that is. And it's just like, dude, you have all of this power and what are you going to do with it? And like, man, dude, what a, what, what an incredible story. What an incredible well, story. Well, thank you. It, so, it, 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 to answer your question, like, or, or to respond to that, like, I mean, if you think about that, I think a lot of people miss that. Like, like, I think you hit the nail on the head of, yeah, hey, go create a business. That's cool. But, but, but if you're not, if you're not computing the tangible impact, I mean, think about this, for example, like, uh, we're fortunate that people come to our theme park. So yes, we get to make money, but I get to help a high school kid. So, so two, two different ways to impact people's lives in one company. I get to impact a high school kid who is, it comes from a great family, family has means, whatever. I get to help that kid save for his first car. That's a pretty cool experience. I also have a kid that I just hired the other day whose mom said, hey, listen, uh, I lost my second job. I need you to help out with some bills. I know you're a sophomore in high school, but I need you to help me out. And so now we get to help that family out by, by employing that sophomore kid. That's a lot of, that's a, that's a heavy load for that kid. Uh, that's, that's a tough battle uh, and a tough uh, weight to bear. But you know what? We get to help load, lighten that load a little bit by saying, hey, you can work here and we're going to give you a great place to work. We're going to pay you well. We're going to treat you well. And hopefully we could make you forget for a couple hours that you've got this heavy burden and that you get to have a good time at work. Uh, and that's all within one company. And so if, if, if you lose perspective of that, entrepreneurship becomes even more of a lonely journey than it is. And, and when you remind yourselves of those, those crazy things that we are absolutely blessed to be a part of, that's not a toot your own horn thing. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a re-energizing thing to say, hey, that's what I'm called to do. If I can go do this task, then this happens. Great. That's a worthy cause. So let's pick up our stuff and let's go to battle every day. Uh, but if you forget those things and either it becomes about your almighty dollar or your resume or your reward, uh, it's going to run out pretty quick, in my opinion. I, I think that you're right. And, you know, I was talking with a friend of mine about this the other day and, you know, he was encouraging people, you know, he, he's an entrepreneur, he has a very cool company. Um, called Regal Plastics. And he's a very, uh, his name's Chad Gano. Good dude. And he posts a lot of stuff on LinkedIn and his company has a very, very powerful culture. And he was encouraging people that it's like, Hey, whenever you were interviewing with someone, find out what their purpose is beyond money. And, and, and as an outcome of that conversation, I, I, I had never, I've never tested this. And so I don't know if it's good advice or not, but I was thinking, you know, a good question that you could ask somebody, especially if you're at working at a company where you do get to interview with the owner, you get to meet them. Ask us like, hey, what would happen if you came across some kind of a crazy windfall and you suddenly had two or three times the amount of profit that you expected? What would you do? We don't like, you know, you know, like it wasn't handed to you personally, but the company had, you were expecting to make a million dollars in profit. You made two. What would you, what would you do with it? So I guess I'll ask you that question. I'm, I'm curious to know what you say. It's like, you know, let's just say that, let's just say that Dig was, you know, projected to make, you know, again, simple numbers to say, was projected to make a million dollars in profit this year and something crazy happened and you made two. What would you do with that million extra dollars that showed up? Yeah, well, I think my investors would make sure I paid them back first, but. Uh, <laughs> sure, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to get to the heart of your question, I would like to believe that I would do 
uh, on a bigger scale, what we've been doing on a, on a smaller scale, our director of, uh, excuse me, our, she, we just promoted her to general manager, the general manager of our park, Amanda, phenomenal. I, I, she just, she, she crushes it. And, and her heartbeat at the beginning was, Hey, I believe and my, my business partner and I, she's like, Hey, listen, I pick up from you guys, uh, that I think we can create a culture that gives back and creates experiences for our employees. So what she did, she went to the movie theater, uh, that's near our, our site and said, Hey, listen, what would it cost for me to rent this out? And we took all the set. We had a profitable quarter or a profitable month. Hey, we're going to take you all to the movie. And we rented out the theater and we went and saw some, it was a terrible movie. I didn't like it, but, uh, we went, so they loved it. Uh, it was some Avengers movie that I, I didn't, I, I didn't watch like the 97 sequels or pre-sequel or whatever I'm supposed to watch. Yeah. 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 But, lost. Uh, that's it. Didn't understand it all. They loved it. And then two months later, we, at the end of the summer, we said, Hey, it's been a hot summer. You guys have done a great job. Uh, we rented a bus and we took, we took them all to an Astros game. And, and the amount of kids that, that we took to an Astros game that had never been to an Astros game kind of blew my mind. Um, and it was awesome to watch it. So I would like to, so we're creating those outside of the work experiences for them. Uh, I would like to believe we would do something like that on a bigger scale. Uh, and all indicators are with Amanda still the general manager, we would be doing something like that. Uh, because if I made that much extra in profit, it's, I'm pretty dang sure it's because, uh, it's, it's what our Google reviews say. The number one consistent thing that you see on Google about us is how great our staff is. Um, and, and so we're blessed. And if I'm not smart enough to realize that, they'll leave pretty quick, in my opinion. Well, and, and you know, I think that it's also like, I think I would revise that advice now. It's like, it's re really, it's like, you know, you don't even have to ask the question because like, here's the thing. And, you know, that, you know, you're, you're dealing with investors and probably talking to some folks that are extremely blessed and have got a good amount of money in their pocket. And money doesn't really change people, man. It just makes them more of who they already were. And I think that probably it's true. The same, same is true with companies where it's like, Hey, you're doing special needs nights. You're taking the team out. You're doing all, you know, it's like a bunch of extra money is not going to change what you're doing. You're just going to probably do what you were already doing in a big way. And that can be good or bad. And it's just like, Hey, look, man, if every, you know, if every freaking sweaty red dime is going into the entrepreneur's pocket, if there's more of it, they would just go more into the pocket. You know, that's all that there is to it. But if they're reinvesting and they're doing things that are important and impactful, they'll probably just do continue to do those in a bigger way. So, well, dude, I, I, along those lines, I, I, I really hope that all of your ventures are very, very successful so that you can continue to do, continue to do what you're doing in a bigger way. It's very cool. And it just, uh, unbelievable I get to ask people a lot about, you know, like their entrepreneur origin story. I think this is my, the, by far the most powerful one that I've ever heard. And so I, I wish you and all your teams just the most freaking success that y'all can handle. Thank so, you. Uh, thank yeah, you. Thank dude. you. Well, man. So, okay. So let's, let's, let's wrap it up here. If people wanted to find you, if they wanted to get information about any of your companies, how they can contribute to the awesome stuff that you're doing for the special needs community there in Houston with Dig World. Like, wh where can folks find you? We'll get it all in the show notes, but uh, tell us how yeah. we can reach out and connect. Yeah, I'm a I'm a pretty open book. I'm not great at responding on LinkedIn messages, but I do check every now and then. <laughs> okay. So you, you can you can ping me on there. Uh, Digworldtx.com. Uh, 
uh, fun fact about entrepreneur uh, is we have a bunch of email addresses. I manage most of them. Uh, and so if you emailed the generic info account, you're probably going to find me answering it. But uh, I, again, I'm a pretty simple uh, open book guy. So Jacob Robinson 11 at gmail.com. If you want to just reach out to me personally, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, I'm, I'm here to jump in the trenches with you, encourage you, support you, push you along, tell you exactly what I've done wrong. Uh, and I'd be happy to do so. Well, awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you sharing your story and sharing your wisdom with us. It's been a, been a great conversation. Uh, and like all great conversations, you have left me with a lot to think about. And I hope that everyone listening, you got a lot out of it as well. And so, Jacob, thank you for joining us. Listeners, thank you for listening. And uh, Jacob, we'll see you around. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Produced by Podcast Architects.